I'm thankful for our praise team and their ministry. Uh, appreciate you guys. Good morning. How we doing? Welcome to the Lord's house. We're so glad that you're here. Are you glad that you're here? All right. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're here. We're going to worship our Savior today. Uh, you pray for Brother Will. He's, he's sick. He's under the weather. And disclaimer, he, he got sick before dinner, Miss Angie said. So it was not her cooking, okay? Brother Will, if you're able to watch, we're praying for you. And I'm preaching today about worry, so don't worry, okay? I know you're worried because you're not here, but we're praying for you. Just get better. I read this great book, and a few of you have heard me talk about it. It's called The Red Sea Rules. Who's ever read that book by Rob Morgan? He's one of our Free Will Baptist preachers. Uh, super smart guy, isn't he, Nathan? Brother Nathan knows him. They're friends. Um, he spoke at our minister's retreat earlier in uh, last fall and shared this book, The Red Sea Rules. It's just amazing application from the Red Sea. And he has 10 rules, okay, from the Red Sea. So I'm going to share that with you today. But don't worry, I'm only going to share two of the rules, okay? Man, a hush fell over the crowd. <laughs> I was feeling daggers just coming. Now, two, two, two simple rules that we're going to learn today from the Red Sea. But before we dive into it, did you know that biblical scholars have done all kinds of research and teamed up with a biblical archaeologists, and they have a pretty good idea of what Moses looked like? Would you like to see his picture? All right, let's just throw that up on the screen, Sister Sherry, if you would. There he is. Now, if you're on the front row, you can see it. If you're in the back row, you're squinting, right, Keenan? I'd be squinting if I was back. That's Charlton Heston, all right? Yeah. Ten Commandments. I mean, who, who, when you think of Moses, who thinks of Charlton Heston? You know, just automatically. It's like he was made to play that part, wasn't he? Uh, awesome. <laughs> but seriously, uh, who in here has ever had a problem? Just raise your hand if you've ever had a problem, you've ever faced a difficulty. Okay, we call those Red Seas, all right? If you face a trial in your life, we're going to call that a Red Sea today. Uh, who in here has ever struggled with worry at one time or another? Just raise your hand if you've ever been worried. Yes, we all have, right? Now, some of you all, you're, you're a, a more, what would be the word, natural worrier, okay? I like to say worry wart. How many worry warts are in the room? Okay, we're going to have some worry warts in the room, too. You know, I'm always worried. I always worry about you guys, you know. Uh, we, we, it's our natural tendency to worry, but yet the Bible says don't worry, right? <laughs> so it's a struggle. But God knew we were going to struggle with that. Why? Because he made us, right? We're his kids, so he knows what we're like. So he gives us today from Scripture a, a recipe, if you will, uh, for what to do when you encounter a Red Sea. So we get a blueprint from his word on how to handle stressful situations. I'm so thankful for God's word that it always gives us truth and it always gives us wisdom and direction in life. Now, Red Seas can come in all shapes and sizes. And we're all going to face them. They're tailor-made for each of us. So be ready because you are going to face a Red Sea. All right? And you know what? Just like the children of Israel, we may feel trapped at times. Maybe we've got, an, we've got a sea in front of us that seems impassable. We have a deadly army closing in behind us to destroy us. There's mountains and desert trapping us on the sides. It may feel like there's nowhere to go. So what do we do if we find ourselves in this situation? Well, I want you to remember this, guys. When you're weary, when you're pressed down by the world, God has a way of escape for you. You hang on to that truth. 
Because you're his kids, and when you're weary and you're waiting on him, he's going to show up, okay? He's not going to abandon you. Listen to this quote from Rob's book. No sea is deeper than the ocean of his love. That's pretty good, isn't it? I wish I'd have wrote that. There is no army stronger than his hosts. No force greater than his throne of grace. And listen to this part. No enemy who can overcome his direct and indirect work in our lives. Here's the reality of the Red Sea. God's going to make a way for his tired and trusting children, even if it seems there's no hope. He can split the sea. Do you believe that today? Amen. Well, good. Well, I'm going to give you two rules that we can learn and apply to our lives when we face a Red Sea. Rule number one, it's on the screen. Realize that God means for you to be where you are. Let that soak in a minute. And we're going to go to Exodus 14, 1 through 2 today. Exodus 14, 1 through 2, it's on the screen. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp near Pi-Hahirath, between Migdal and the sea. There to camp by the sea, directly opposite Belzephon. Okay, we're going to stop there. Two verses. And realize this. God led them to this place. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the amazing gift of salvation. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads and guides and directs our path. Lord, today, help our faith to grow. Help us to trust you more. And Lord, as we're gathered here in your house to worship you, would you speak mightily with your Holy Spirit? Lord, just speak through me and speak into hearts and change lives as only you can, Lord. We love you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Rule number one, realize that God means for you to be where you are. So here's the children of Israel. They found this freedom. God has delivered them. He, he did these amazing miracles before the Egyptians. And finally, at the death of the firstborn Pharaoh, released the Israelites. Go. He was brokenhearted. And he sent them out. And so they are, they are celebrating and thinking about their future and all that God has in store for them. And God leads them miraculously. How does he guide them? What sign did he use to lead them from Egypt? Do you remember? It was a pillar of what? Cloud by day, fire by night. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? So God led them. I mean, it's like follow, follow the cloud, okay? Or follow the fire. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong if you follow God in his word. So what did they do? They followed him, and they followed him. And then where did God take them? He told them to camp by the Red Sea. And they set up camp right there. They're thinking, this is magnificent. Everything's working out. It's amazing. We're free. But then they look behind them, and what did they see? Pharaoh's deadly army crashing upon them in full force, in rage and fury. And now they're thinking, we're going to die. They're thinking, it's over. There's no hope for us. They were stuck between a rock and a hard place. They were surrounded by mountains and desert and the sea and the army. They couldn't go anywhere. Guys, sometimes in life, we're going to face circumstances that we cannot control. There's going to be things that happen that we just don't understand. One phone call can turn our world into worry. Right? And here we go. And the panic sets in. Uh, 
You know, I've shared this with some of you guys, but the first of the year, uh, Joy, she found out that she was losing her job. All right, have, have y'all ever been there? Have any of you ever lost your job before? That's no fun, right? Can that cause some panic and some worry? Sure. Was that stressful, Joy? It was stressful, right? It was stressful. She went in thinking, hey, they're going to give her her promotion. And instead, her business, where she works at a gym, it was closing. They were selling out. It wasn't her fault. She didn't get fired because she was doing a bad job, okay? She didn't get fired. She just lost her job because the gym closed. Clarification, clarification. I'm looking out for you. So then it's like, oh, no, this is not good, right? But guess what God did? He provided her with another job just like that. I mean, yeah, there were some stressful days of anguish, but then he provided her with a job that even has better hours and, and more pay, and it's still doing what she loves to do. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? Thank you, Lord, for that. Yeah, he works things out, but sometimes it's not fun in the moment. We're going to go through things that aren't always fun, and they're certainly not easy. One preacher said this. He said this about worry, and this sounds really good. He said, worry is putting a question mark where God put a period. All right? That's pretty good, isn't it? Again, that wasn't for me, okay? <laughs> but it's, that's easy to say, but wow, what happens when we do struggle with worry? You know, God's like, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give you more than you can bear. There's no temptation that you can't escape, right? We know these things. But then when we're hit with it, we kind of want to put the question mark there instead of the period. Is that really true, Lord? Are you going to take care of me? Am I going to get through this? Are you going to see me through this? That's our natural human reaction, right? Well, at least it is for me. Maybe not for y'all, but it's, it's a struggle sometimes. For some people, worry is as natural as breathing. Right? You know, it just, it just happens, okay? So here's the deal. We're going to struggle with that. But we can't stay there. We can't stay in a place of worry where we are rendered ineffective for the work of God's kingdom. We're going we're gonna to be tempted to worry. We're going to struggle with worry. We're going to worry, but then we've got to back up and say, God, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely on you, Lord, to see me through this. And you know what's interesting? The children of Israel, here they are in this hopeless situation, at least from the outside looking in. And God... He's led them there. God takes full responsibility. He's not like denying, hey, y'all are on your own. You got yourself in this mess. No, God's saying, I led you here. I told you to camp here. Now, does that make sense? No, not, doesn't make a lot of sense, right? But did you know, guys, God will occasionally do the same thing for us. Sometimes he allows us to be tested, to go through trials. He allows a difficulty into our life because he's shaping our character. And he's teaching us to rely on his power and his provision and his promises and his providence. And we get to see just how big God is. Because when we're facing things that we can't do and God shows up, there's no denying who got us through it. And that's a faith builder. And God's in the business of building our faith. So it doesn't mean we're always going to enjoy it. Now, remember, God's not going to tempt us to sin. There's no sin in God. He's never going to tempt you to sin. So sometimes you hear people say, well, you know, God, God allowed me to sin. He brought this sin in my life. No, no, he did not. That's on you. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But our first reaction often when we're facing a Red Sea and an army behind us is panic. The children of Israel, they panicked. But then we've got to step back 
And we got to take a deep breath. Right now, on the count of three, I want you all to take a deep breath with me, okay? On the count of three, one, two, three. Deep breath. Let it out. All right? When you're facing panic, take a deep breath, step back, put your eyes on the Creator and say, Lord, what does your word say? Who are you, Lord? Can you handle this? And the word tells us he can. Right? No matter what we're facing, we can handle this. So remember that God's placed you there for that time. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But there's reasons that maybe we don't know right now. Maybe we'll never know the reasons we go through some of our trials. We may not know on this side of, of eternity. We may not find it out till we get to heaven. But guys, listen to me. God's not going to waste your pain. He's not going to waste it. So when you go through a, a trial and a tribulation or a loss or a tragedy, God's working through that. You don't realize the lives that are going to be impacted and the ripple effect that that may have. So even though you're hurting and you're brokenhearted, you just keep relying on Him and you keep leaning on Him and He'll see you through it and He'll work some good things through it as well. Now remember this. The same God that led you in will lead you out. So when you find yourself in a trial and you don't understand and you're stuck, you don't know where to go, you realize, hey, God can lead me out. And when we get that truth in our lives, our perspective can change. Because we're no longer focused on the problem. We can, we can focus on our Savior and our Creator. Now listen, this is no new thing. All throughout Scripture, there's been people who were seeking to do God's will, but they went through a difficulty. Let's take Joseph, for instance. He was seeking to do God's will, right? He got sold into slavery. And then he was trying to do the right thing. He got falsely accused, was thrown into prison. He's trying to do God's will, but man, it just felt like things kept going bad for him. It wasn't easy. How about Moses? He didn't want to leave the children of Israel, did he? But he said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I'll go. And then he got there, and they got out of Egypt. And what happened? They wandered around lost in the wilderness for 40 years. And everybody was dying, you know. You think that was fun? It was difficult. But he was seeking God's will. He didn't give up. How about David, anointed by Samuel to be king, yet he found himself running from Saul, Hiding in caves, afraid for his life. Or how about the disciples? Were they seeking to do God's will? They were following Jesus, right? Yet they found themselves in a boat, in a storm, afraid for their lives. How about Jesus, the sinless one, came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, shared the truth, shared love, performed miracles, taught the word of God, yet he found himself crucified. On a cross. What did he cry out in the garden before his crucifixion? Not my will be done, Lord, but yours. Guys, sometimes following God's will can be difficult and painful. It's not always going to be easy. So, should we be surprised when a trial comes our way, when we're facing a Red Sea, when we're facing pain or tragedy or difficulty? No. It really shouldn't catch us off guard, should it? Because what did Jesus say about this world? We're going to have tribulations, right? But then he goes on to say, I have overcome the what? Jesus has overcome the world. Aren't we thankful for that? We should praise Jesus for that. He's an overcomer. He's victorious. I'm so grateful for that. So listen, 
If we want to see parted waters in our life, the first step is remind, reminding ourselves, okay? The pep talk. Sometimes you got to just step back and give yourself a pep talk, right? And when you're, you're down and you're confused and you're hurting, you step back and say, you know what, Lord? You put me here for a reason. I'm facing this trial because there's something you're going to teach me. You're going to reach somebody for your kingdom. You're going to do something good. You're building my faith. So, God, it's not easy. I'm hurting right now. But I'm going to hold on to you, and I'm going to get through it. And that's the first step to God opening up the seas in your life. That's, a, that's, that's good stuff. Again, that wasn't my original thought, okay? But it's good. It's truth from God's Word. So here's our natural reaction. It's just to ask why, right? Why, Lord? Well, we, can't, we can't see all the script that He's written out before us of our lives. And the lives that are going to be touched through us and through the things we go through. So when we face a trial, here's something we can anchor on. All right, I'm going to give you four things. When we're facing a trial, here's four things we can say. Number one, let me say that I'm here by God's appointment. It's part of his plan. And number two, let me say that I am here in his keeping. Now what does that mean? It means God's grace is enough. He'll sustain us. He's got you in his hand. Number three, I'm here under his training. This is the painful part. Discipline. It's never easy, right? But if we're going to get stronger, we've got to be under pressure. We have, to be, we have to be strained and stretched and under stress, right? So there's a reason for it. We're under his training. And then, number four, we're here for his time. You see, if God can bring me into this, he can bring me out of this. And listen, everybody has different Red Seas, okay? I'm not going to act like I know everything, and I'm telling you that it's all going to work out perfect, okay? You may face something that doesn't work out here good. It may work out tragically. And if that's you, man, my heart breaks for you. And listen, guys, I think it's really important that when somebody's in the midst of a tragedy and they are brokenhearted, we need to be careful how we approach them. We need to be careful what we say. Because it's easy to give the, the answers that we all know to give, right? You know, God's got a plan. Well, if somebody's hurting, maybe at that moment they just need your love and your prayers and your compassion. And you let them grieve. That's okay. We need to grieve. God made us that way. And then there's a time to begin to heal and in that time, we can come along, and then you can share the truth of God's words in the Scripture and to let people know, hey, God can work good out of anything, right? But use wisdom in when to share that. Does that make sense? Use wisdom in that. So, here's the thing. Anchor on this, guys. When you're, when you're facing a difficulty, I want you to ask yourself a question. Have I experienced God's power in the past? If you've ever experienced God's power in your life, would you raise your hand? If you've ever experienced His power. That's awesome. Did you know that when you face another trial, that's going to help you? So don't forget, the children of Israel, they were always putting a stone out, a rock, a marker. They were making these memorials because they wanted to remember when God delivered them from something, right? So let us remember the times when his power worked in our lives. How about this? How many 
how many of you have experienced God's pardon in your life? That means his forgiveness. Who's experienced his forgiveness? Aren't you thankful for that? Woo, I sure am. I'm glad that I don't have to carry around all the things I've ever done wrong, aren't you? How about this? Have you ever enjoyed God's presence in your life? Have you ever just got still and quiet and gotten the word and gotten your knees in prayer? And have you experienced God's Holy Spirit speaking truth into your life? Who's experienced that? Guys, every one of you can. If you know Jesus is Savior, you can experience His presence each and every day. Did you know we need to? We need to. we got to walk in His presence. Joy shared something cool that she got in one of her Bible studies. I'm going to share it with you. Psalm 51.6, because it goes with this sermon. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Okay, the inmost place, that's where experience turns to wisdom. And wisdom is knowledge applied in your life. So isn't it cool that when you go through a difficulty and then God brings you through it, you gain a little wisdom. Because you've seen his power, right, work in your life. You know he's helped you through it. Maybe it was grief and he helped you heal. All right? And, and the inverse of that is if we study God's word, we get knowledge and application for life. So when we apply that truth of God's word to a difficult situation that we're facing, that's wisdom. Knowing when to apply God's word into the experiences that we face in life. Does that make sense? I mean, that's fleshing out your faith. So that means we don't fall apart when our world falls apart. Because we know, we know who's in control. We know who's got this. So I'm almost through with this first point, I promise. But bear with me because it's, it's so important. So remember, if God's carried you this far, He's not going to drop you now. And God's never promised to leave us. He's going to see us through as long as we're putting our faith and trust in Him. So here's a question for you. What if it's my fault? What if I'm in this difficult situation because I did something stupid? Okay. <laughs> or selfish. Have you ever been there? Anybody ever been there? You made a selfish decision. You made a bad decision. You fell into the trap of sin. And then, wow, now you're in trouble. Now you're facing a difficulty. All right? And I'm not making a lot of it, but sometimes, guys, people want to blame God. Well, you know, God let me sin. <laughs> he, let me, he let me do this. And I'm in a mess. No. <laughs> No, God was trying to tell you not to do it through the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we ignore Him and we go ahead and do our own thing. And then we get in some trouble. So what do we do? Do we just say, well, uh, it's over for me. I messed up. God, He's done with me now. Is that how God works? No. Now that's how the devil works, right? He wants to tell you, hey, it's over, man. Just, just forget about it. God can never use you. You're, you're, you're all washed up now. No. What is God in the business of? Forgiveness, restoration, cleansing. When we, when we mess up, what do we do? We sincerely repent. The Holy Spirit convicts us. We're sensitive to that. We turn from our sin and we say, God, get me back on the right track. Amen. And you know what God can do? He can pick up where you get things right with Him. It, it doesn't mean that just because you messed up and deviated from His plan for your life, it doesn't mean that he can't still use you and get you back on track and still accomplish things through your life. There may be some consequences, but guess what? We're all going to face those. So when we mess up and we find ourselves in a bad situation, do we spend the rest of our lives beating ourselves up? Oh, why did I do that? I wish I'd never done that. 
Now, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I'm terrible about saying, oh, I wish I'd never, I wish that hadn't happened. And, you know, I'm thankful for a good woman. Joy's always like, why, why wish things that you can't change? Why waste time dwelling there? It's like, how true is that? Do you think God wants us to just camp out on the, and dwell in the past? Oh, woe is me. I wish I'd never done that. You know, is that healthy? No. no. Now, we need to learn from our mistakes, right? That's wisdom. Hang on to the lesson, but let go of the guilt. You see, listen, guys, this is important. When we embrace the forgiveness of God, it allows us to forgive ourselves as well. Did you know that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are y'all buying into this? Okay. <laughs> this is really important, guys, because the, the enemy loves to use our guilt against us and to hold us back. But you're free from it, okay? The Bible says when we confess our sins, Jesus forgives our sins. He removes them as far as the east is from the... It means it's gone. G-O-N-E is gone. Never to be held against you. Does that excite you? Do you feel free? Do you feel lighter right now? You should feel lighter right now because of that. That burden has been lifted. God took away our sin. I'm thankful for that. Wow. So remember that. Okay, that's, a, that's an amazing gift. So your sins, they don't define you. Do you know that? You know what defines you? If you have a relationship with God or not. If you're his child or not. That's, that's who you are. Now, maybe a struggle that you have or a sin that you committed in the past, that, that doesn't define you. you. You deal with, let God deal with you, you confess it, and you move on. And you face a new future because he gives us a clean slate. So right now, right now, what Red Sea are you facing? Don't answer it out loud. Just think about it. What's your difficulty right now? You got one? We all do. What's your first reaction? When that Red Sea faces you, what's your first reaction? What's your go-to reaction? Is it panic or is it to praise God? And that's, that's the second rule that we're going to look at. Rule number one was realize God puts you where he wanted you to be. But rule number two, this is a great one. I'm almost through. Be more concerned for God's glory than for your relief. Now that rolls off the tongue real smooth. But it is hard to apply. <laughs> Be more concerned for God's what? Glory than for your what? Relief. All right, listen to, let's, we're going to read on in chapter 14. Let's look at verses 3 and 4. It's on the screen. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. Now remember, this is God telling Moses what's going to happen. All right, God knows all this is going to happen. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. And listen to this part. But I will gain what? Glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Is God like, you know, just power hungry that he wants all the glory? No. Guys, he's our creator. He's our supreme savior. He deserves the glory. He deserves the praise. He's not being selfish here. God wants people to know his power and his glory. And he was going to use a difficulty to demonstrate his glory to this nation and to the world. So when we're going through a difficulty and we're in a Red Sea challenge, you know, it's like, oh, we want to say, God, 
can you just get me out of this mess? You know, number one, you may think, how did I get in this mess? You know, and Lord, when will you get me out of it? Right? Y'all ever do that? Sometimes we do. So, okay, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll tell you what the Nichols Project was for the weekend. It actually dates back before the weekend. So, last week, maybe a couple weeks ago, Joy had this idea to refinish our kitchen cabinets. Did you know that the end theme right now, the modern theme right now, Maybe I should say, all ladies, cover your ears before, before I say this because all the husbands are going to get mad at me. It's to take your, your kitchen cabinets and make them look old. Yeah. It's called glazing. Who's ever heard that term, glazing? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so you take a kitchen cabinet and you, you paint it, you repaint it, and you put this stuff on it, and it makes it look like an antique. It makes it look old. I guess that's value. If it's older, it's more valuable, Right? So we started this project, and we, you know, and Joy and I, we, we dove into this. We didn't know much about it. We started watching YouTube videos, and man, we're like, okay, we're going to pace ourselves. You know, we're just going to do a little section of cabinets at a time. That way, we won't destroy the kitchen, and everything won't be a wreck. And so we did a little bit, and it was good, but it, you know, y'all know how it is. You only have like an hour here, an hour there to do a project, so it just drags on and on and on, right? Are y'all with me? So this went on for a couple weeks. So finally, late Friday night, we're like, okay, let's just get this done. Let's just dive in. We're going to finish this thing. So we, we tore the whole kitchen apart like we said we weren't going to do. We tore it all apart Friday night because then we had to get it done. So we started su- uh, Saturday morning like at 730. We're outside spraying the doors before the rain hits. We're spraying the doors, running them in because it's starting to rain. And we worked all day. 7.30 in the morning, we finished last night. What time was it, Joy? It's like, yeah, I mean, we got the guy, the boys are helping. I mean, we're bribing them, you know, uh, to help us get this thing finished. I mean, we're like, I'm, I'm giving all these false compliments, you know. You guys are doing so good. Just keep going. Joy's like, just stop. I know you're just thinking I want to get out of this mess, you know. Oh, I got busted. I didn't know if it was ever going to end, you know. Like, are we ever going to finish? Is this going to be over? But we did it. We finished. Yay. Hallelujah. 10.30 at night, it was done. I was so excited. I know y'all aren't excited about this because now the husbands are like, you jerk. You know, why can't you just shut up? You know, quit talking about this. Hey, guys, don't feel bad. I do like one project every 10 years. It's okay. (laughs) In our faith. We are going to go through difficulties, and sometimes it feels like we're never going to get out. You know, it's going to feel like we're stuck, and we're like, Lord, how can I get out of this mess? But guys, that's not the right question. The right question when we're facing a trial is to say, God, how can you be glorified? God, how can I give you praise through this? That's a tall order, isn't it? When you're hurting, do you feel like praising? Maybe not. But we do it out of a love and commitment to our Heavenly Father. And you know what happens when we praise Him even in pain? Things get better, don't they? Because we get the right perspective when we realize that, hey, it may be painful now, but it's all going to work out in the end. It's going to work out because we have an amazing Savior. So I want to read just a, a few more verses to you. I didn't put these on the screen. Don't even turn. I just want you to listen. So the, here, here's what happens. Here's the children of Israel's reaction. Pharaoh's closing in on them. And, and listen to this. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up 
and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. So another translation, the NLT says, they panicked. And I really, I like that because that's just being real, isn't it? They saw the enemy, they panicked. They thought, we're going to die. And that's, that's our natural reaction. That's our knee-jerk reaction when we go through a trial. So then I want to jump over to chapter 15. And I want you to listen. Just one chapter later, listen to the Israelites' uh, proclamation, if you will. Listen to what they say now in verse 1 through 3 of chapter 15. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he's hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. So how did they go from panic to praise? What was the game changer? Guys, they saw God's mighty hand move and he parted the sea and they went through and Pharaoh's army was destroyed and they were delivered. So they sang about this and wrote about this and shared this with their children for thousands of generations to come. So what's the application for us? Guys, it's real simple. Yeah, we're going to be beat down sometimes. Sometimes life is difficult. But then we got to look to the cross. And we got to look to what Jesus accomplished. And when he was crucified, and when he gave up his life, and he took our sin upon his shoulders, and he was buried in a tomb. And when the third day came, and the stone was rolled away, and the tomb was empty, and Jesus was alive, and he appeared to, to over 500 people. Guys, that's victory. That's victory. We can celebrate that. We can rejoice in that because Jesus has set us free. So no matter what happens here, we have a Savior. And if we've trusted Him as our Lord and ask Him to forgive us of our sins, then we are His sons and daughters. We are known by Him. Our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We have eternal life in heaven. The, the things that we go through here are just temporary. And one day we're going to be in the presence of God with no more trials. No more difficulty, no more pain, no more struggle. Only eternal life, worshiping and praising our Heavenly Father with other believers. In a perfect place. Guys, heaven's so awesome, I can't even begin to describe it to you. I wish I could. It's, it's, it's going to be more amazing than anything we can imagine on this earth. Because God is preparing it for us. So that's our future. You have that. So guess what? Just like the children of Israel, can we proclaim the glory of God. Can we proclaim what Jesus has done? Listen, uh, Jesus defeated our enemy, right? Satan. He's delivered us. So we need to exalt his name and we need to share what he's done with the world and never cease praising him. So today, remember this. When you feel stressed out and you feel overwhelmed by circumstances, God's placed you there. Right? And when your reaction is to say, God, get me out of this mess. Instead, say, God, how can I glorify you through this? How can I make you known to others? Guys, that's our mission. You can do it. Would you bow your heads and would everyone stand to their feet as our musicians come up?